it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do. From the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And we're getting ready to just take out the trash, folks. There has been an absolute stampede of stupid in the world of politics in the past 48 hours. You know how Spain has the running of the bulls? Well, the past 48 hours in liberal broadcast networks has very much been the running of the bull. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are, and we're going to clean up the mess they have made this country. Because I tell you, I'm trying not to do chippy radio right now. We're grieving as a country. But there's just a lot of garbage coming out of the left-wing bile distillery. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I really am. We're going to do some radio FEMA and try to mop up this disaster. Uh, we'll get a little help from the pride of the fleet. Martha McCallum, who's going to stop by and class up this broadcast, as well as Texas Representative Tony Gonzalez, who, of course, represents the 23rd District, where this horrible shooting took place in Valde. And, of course, you are welcome as well. 888-788-9910. I say the same rule every day. It's the only one we have. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a... That is it. Uh, quick programming update. I am on Gutfeld tonight with Fox's lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. We'll be getting the band back together at 11 p.m. I hope you can check it out. Uh, tomorrow I will be on with the great Harris Faulkner on the Faulkner Focus. I will also be on with Neil Cavuto. And uh, Saturday night, if you're into that sort of thing, myself and Lawrence Jones getting the band back together on Lawrence Jones Cross Country. And, of course, Monday is my debut on The Five. I mean, that's a big step up for your radio, buddy. And I do all of this shameless self-promoting. Why? Because anything, anything is better than the trash takes we got yesterday. He knows what he's talking about. Just disgusting. And, you know, I want you to know this, man. I'm very honest with you guys. It's our show. I say it all the time. It's like, I'm the host of the show, but I'm not the star of the show. We are. Okay, it's our thing. We have created this vibe. We have created this forum, this force multiplier of positive energy, of reason, of compassion, of restraint. And we're cool. We're just easy people to deal with. That's the whole hook of the show. So I didn't play any sound yesterday, if you noticed. I wasn't playing sound clips. I took literally a zillion phone calls, a zillion calls, just so we could all talk it out, share our feelings, share our philosophies, because I really didn't want it to be a day of attacking people we disagree with, mainly because it doesn't solve anything. Okay, when you start the conversation with, anyone who doesn't agree with me politically is a murderer. That's it. It's over. There's no conversation to be had. There's no productivity. It's completely useless. It is the Beto O'Rourke of politics. Hey, look at me. But nothing becomes of it. Okay, so for that reason, I try to avoid it. But there's just so much bile coming out of the left right now. And I just want you to understand why. Okay, this is, for all intents and purposes, it's their moment. Mass shootings for the left, it's their moment to blame 
to care to to claim anyway that they care a lot more than you do that they know better than you you know it's moral superiority time we're better than those right wingers with their guns they don't care they hate little kids this is what they do because in their liberal bubble you need to understand there's just zero self-awareness to question whether or not they could be the ones who are actually wrong when it comes to their remedies, when it comes to their way of dialoguing, when it comes to their way of actually doing something productive on behalf of not only the victims and their families, but for people out there who could potentially be future victims. The left's whole philosophy is, well, let's just get angrier than the other guys. We'll yell louder. We'll call them more names. That'll prove us right. (laughs) And I want you to understand, man, you know, a lot of what's coming out of the left getting beyond the media are opinions about gun control from people who genuinely want to help. So I don't want to discourage you if your opinion is we need more scrutiny when it comes to, you know, 18 year olds buying guns or it comes to these types of guns. We need a bigger background check. Like, I'm not going to chase you off the show. I don't care about that. You know, you can talk to me about it, you know, when it comes to background checks, especially for younger 18 year old kids who are hormonal, who are subject you know, to fits of rage and, you know, they get emasculated and it gets them violent and they act out and they feel minimized. Like, I get it. But when it comes to guns, like, I I really mean it as a parent, as someone who cares, as someone who wants to move the ball forward. We're lying to ourselves if we think that's the issue. And the reason I say it is because if you look across the country, the cities with the strictest gun laws have the highest rates of gun crime. You understand you know, place like Chicago is the strictest gun laws in the world. City like New York, strictest gun laws in the world. But yet they still have an insane amount of gun violence for two reasons. One is because elected politicians on the left don't genuinely care about gun violence unless it's the type of death that's politically viable. You know, Leo Terrell was screaming about this yesterday on the show. If you're a black person in America, okay. You know, I know, any objective observer knows that black-on-black crime doesn't exist in the eyes of the media. They don't bring it up. Like, if you mention it, they're like, don't try to distract. Don't try to change the issue. Yo, we're not changing the issue. That's real gun violence. That's the gun violence that claims the majority of lives in this country. But we're not talking about it on any level because it's not politically viable. The other reason that we don't really get into it, and this is the part none of them want to admit, is that making something illegal doesn't make it any harder to get. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. And the reason I can make that point is, you know, you look at the fentanyl deaths in this country, 107,000 people overdosed on illegal drugs last year. 107,000 people overdosed on illegal drugs. Millions more did those same illegal drugs, meaning the fact that they're illegal doesn't stop anybody from getting them, doesn't stop 107,000 people of dying from them. Okay, that's the problem here. And when it comes to guns, we're in the same position. There's 400 million guns in our society. So if people want them, sadly, it's unfortunate, it's tragic, they're going to get them. You know, but the reason they go after the gun lobby every time in the immediate aftermath, oh, the NRA, oh, the right wingers. Because it really does cater to intellectually lazy people who just don't know any better. It's such a familiar refrain. But the gun lobby, so you understand, spends about $2 million a year in Washington, D.C. And to you and me, $2 million is a lot of money. But when it comes to lobbying, big tech and big pharma spend about $150 million between them. So when you're talking about the powerful lobbies, when you're talking about the people, you know, leveraging Washington with their checkbooks, it ain't the gun lobby. 
Okay, and anybody who tells you otherwise is an idiot. Okay, but the truth is, and you have to realize this, and I'm talking to you as somebody who cares, guns have been around in our society, specifically the type of guns being used in these shootings. They've been around in our society forever, forever. The mass shootings are taking up recently, which means the guns didn't actually change. The people did. That's true. That is true. I don't know what the deal is. But again, I'm not saying we can't have limits or more scrutiny when it comes to background checks. All of that stuff's in play on this show. But I want you to understand there's no type of gun out there, okay, that wouldn't have killed all of these kids, meaning there's no gun you get shot with and you're any better off. You know, it's all a horrific situation, a horrific situation made possible by horrible people whose horrible intentions cannot be legislated away. So I I just I don't want to kid you. I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to give you this false sense of security that we're passing a gun law and all of this stuff stops tomorrow. Okay, the assault weapons ban that Biden talked about yesterday had literally no effect on the number of mass shootings in this country, like an infinitesimal change of less than a percent. So when he gets out there and tells you, oh, they spiked through the roof when we got rid of the bans, not exactly true. And Joe Biden isn't exactly a beacon of intellectual honesty uh, or accuracy when it comes to speaking. You know, most times, you know, <laughs> not only is what he's saying true, but some of the things he's saying aren't even real words. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. We have a president that is clearly not all there. But the real question that I really do want to ask, and this is what I've tried to focus on, is what really is changing in our society that is leading young men to lash out the way they have? You know, Tucker last night was talking about the rise of prescription drug use and how almost 40 percent of society is on antidepressants now. And is that having an effect? Is it making people snap and lash out? I don't know. You know, we talked yesterday at great lengths about how kids spend forever looking at screens now. And, you know, sometimes you stare at a screen all day and it almost leaves you devoid of empathy because you're living in this imaginary world. And we all know this generation of kids that's growing up right now. That's weird. They don't look at adults when they talk to them. They don't look up or they won't talk to you. They're very standoffish. You can't tell me this isn't having an effect on the development of our youth. And the crazy part, the sad reality is this technology hasn't been around long. We don't have 50 years of data that tells us whether or not staring at a phone for eight hours a day warps a kid's brain. But we do have a massive uptick in violence in our society. It's everywhere. It's not just in schools, and I'm certainly not trying to minimize the schools. But I'm telling you, it's everywhere. Something has changed in society. One of the things that, you know, I give a lot of thought to and I think is worth considering in this moment is social media. You know, I always tell you it's the worst thing in the world. But I think when it comes to young developing kids, there's this major impact no one discusses about the constant, you know, measuring up. That takes place on social media every day, something that can give you an inferiority complex as an adult. You post something that gets three likes. You feel like crap because the next guy got 80 likes and you have, you know, no idea what the difference is between his post and your post and the overall scheme of things, because the truth is these algorithms get fixed behind the scenes by the people running these big tech companies. You know, there are media trends that determine whether or not his post is going to be better than yours based on, you know, how popular the subject is that you're talking about. There's a lot of, you know, it's basically a throw painting when it comes to social media. And if you throw enough paint at the wall, eventually one of your posts sticks, more people engage with it. The next thing you know, you're getting bigger like counts. That's how social media works. 
But because everything you post and everything you interact with is prefaced with a like count, you're constantly, you're constantly being asked to measure up. You're constantly being reminded of where you stand in society. And again, social media isn't real society. It's not the real world. It's a bunch of psychos. I say it all the time. Twitter is a fight club for people who don't want to get hit. You know, but if everything a kid you know, interacts with on social media while he stands there for eight hours a day is telling him he's not good enough. You do see damaged kids who come from broken homes, who suffer from a lack of attention, who face violence in the home, who are more likely to project it into the world, lashing out to get attention because we're being taught by our phone that attention is everything. How many likes did it get? What are the numbers? Is this guy trending? Is he going viral? What's the deal? And you understand that like button, it does. It gives people an inferiority complex. We know it does it to adults. It has to do it to kids. And you got to understand in those developmental stages, you know, kids normally competed with the other kids in their high school. There's two, 300 kids in the high school. You know, am I as popular as the guy on the football team? Am I as popular, you know, as the guy who's on the track team? Whatever the heck they happen to be. You know, in my case, am I as popular as the guy cutting class to drink behind the dumpster? And the answer is no. You, none of you were ever more popular than me. I killed it in high school. But stick with me <laughs> because the kids are not just competing with who's popular in their high school. They're competing with the most popular content in the world. You know, you understand now every time they pick up their phone, they're seeing 2 million likes, 10 million likes, 12 million likes. And they don't, they're not their likes. You know, but there's such a, you know, prioritization now of attention. You know, we always say there's no such thing as bad publicity. People attack comedians now because they know they'll be all over the news for 48 hours. They'll be popular. You know, so you realize some of these kids who have a violent background who come from a bad family and they want that attention. Even the bad attention, it makes them feel special, too. Hey, I matter. My name is in the article with all the likes now. Okay, and you can't tell me that some of these kids aren't doing it for that infamy. The Sandy Hook shooter had a spreadsheet, a spreadsheet of all the mass shooters and the guns they used. And that's a thing that I really feel like we should be focusing on in this moment is what has changed in our society other than the fact that the convenience of the smartphone now tells you that you should have everything you want immediately. You're entitled to whatever you want immediately. You don't have to put in the work the other people did to gain relevance. Okay, you want a pair of pants. Okay, hit a button on your phone. They're coming now. You know, you want food, hit a button on your phone. It's coming now. And these kids have been taught that getting things now is so much more important than getting things right. And that's what horrifies me, okay, is there's a lot of psychos out there from broken homes with access to weapons, access they're going to have no matter what the laws in this country happen to be. And in that moment of desperation for relevance, like this kid was messaging girls on Instagram that he didn't even know, hey, I got a secret, I'm about to do something. I mean, he was courting that attention. He was courting that notoriety. Okay, and growing up in a world of a phone that's left us devoid of empathy, where we've been taught to believe we're all justifiably the center of the universe, there are a lot of wackos out there that are willing to do anything if it makes them the center of the universe, even for one day. So there's something to be said here. And it's not, you know, screw you if you disagree with me politically. It's not, you know, you've got blood on your hands if you don't want gun control. We're saying all the wrong things, okay? We need to start taking a look inward at what has changed in society because these guns have been around forever. These shootings have not, which means the guns didn't change. We did. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. 
You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Busy day on the show. Martha McCallum is coming by. We're also going to hear from Texas Representative Tony Gonzalez from the 23rd District, where this horrible tragedy took place on Tuesday. But right now, we'll get right into your calls. 888-788-9910. Tom is in Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. Yo, Tom. Hey, almost an everyday listener. This is a third-time call. Wow. Come on, Tom. That's a big deal, man. Uh, And I I appreciate you not listening every day because I think it would be harmful for you. (laughs) Smart man. You got to ration. You got to ration your Jimmy Fallon. I agree with you. My wife says the same thing. Well, you know, here here it is, Jimmy. Turn simple. Mm -hmm. You take, you know, they've taken taken religion, and I'll put it there, Mm -hmm. out of school, but they really recommend it in jail, okay, mm-hmm. to help reform criminals. Secondly, we've taken education of how to properly handle something out of school, and we've put it into the, into the form of a video game where reality is not reality. Yep. It's just a, sub, a subtitle of reality. And, you know, the thing is is that we as a nation – um, if you, I'm going to go to a commercial here. You, you know, mm-hmm. they just advertise baseball. Yeah. If you go and you play baseball like a good old-fashioned Sandlot game, mm-hmm. the losing team, they may turn around and, and try to find a stick or something and beat the crap out of the winning team because they're sore losers. It's, it's crazy. And, and you're right to say a lot of the pillars that kind of, you know, gave us some accountability in society – They are gone, and that stuff does matter. Like Bill Barr was saying this yesterday. There's been this overall decay in decorum, and what ultimately happens is, you know, these situations manifest themselves because there isn't the same respect for life. There isn't the same respect for the meritocracy. There isn't any personal accountability, and we're telling people their actions aren't their own. Society is systemically racist, and we do need to start putting the onus back on the individual. Like, I, I honestly, I think you're spot on. So I think that one day that you don't listen is doing you a lot of good. Well, I got one more thing for you. Really quick. We have really 20 seconds. Step on the gas. Okay. Ten and ten. We need a candidate that will run for ten amendments, ten commandments. Period. Listen. Doesn't matter. I think it would work. Just don't look at me because I'll never pass the background check. But it's a great call, Tom. We'll get to more of your calls after this on Fox Across America.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Get into your phone calls at 888-788-9910. If you're on hold, I'm going to get to you in a second. We just got to play one clip from The View. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 I was saying at the top of the show, okay, The View, you know, which, as you know, is just a monument to stupidity. These are some of the dumbest people ever to work in front of a TV camera. Have you heard the clip of Whoopi Goldberg nominating Jill Biden to be the Surgeon General, despite the fact that she's not a medical doctor? Dr. Jill becomes the Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah, Jill Biden. Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, she he would to... never do it. But she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was I a doctor like in PhD. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I could know. be wrong. Maybe I thought she was. Yeah, a I think she's, a she's she's oh. a teacher, but. <laughs> <laughs> so understand, there's a qualifier here. Whoopi Goldberg is an idiot. Like she's an actual stupid person. It's nothing to do with a race or a gender. There's no pivot. This is a stupid person, and they are constantly throwing fits of hysterics with no actual working grasp of what they're talking about. And they're rewarded with applause because there's a warm-up comic that's essentially poking the crowd with a cattle prod to make sure they get strong reactions to everything these jackasses say. I mean, The View, it's, it's the funniest thing in the world because they have a lot of bile for people who disagree with them politically. But trust me, they will never hate you as much as they hate themselves. They all hate each other. They really do. It's disgusting. But here's Whoopi. Again, just sensationalizing the stupidity to new heights, saying if women can't have abortions, you have to give up your guns. Here it is, clip 14. Let's apply his abortion laws to guns by deputizing citizens to sue anyone involved in gun violence. So you sold an AR-15 at the gun show? See you in court. Does your neighbor have too big an arsenal? Call the cops. Actually, let's invoke some Supreme Court logic, too. Alito says abortion's not in the Constitution. Well, neither are AR-15s. So I guess the Constitution doesn't cover them either. Life is so sacred, then stop using guns to abort young lives. If you're going to get all in my business and tell me what my family can and cannot do, neither can you. They're going to come for those AR-15s, and you better get ready to give them up. Can you imagine being that stupid? Now, I just want to jump in here really quick. Okay, two points they need to be made. This idea that we're supposed to be prosecuting the gun manufacturers if someone commits a crime with a gun, does that mean we prosecute the automakers when some lunatic runs over 42 people at a Waukesha parade? I think he's got a point. I mean, think about this. What do they want to do here? They want to take the responsibility away from the individual which is damaging, number one. But if you really want to talk about damaging, talk about this idea of trying to round up people's guns. That can't be good. Dude, we have guns in this country. We have 400 million guns in this country. And I just want to be very honest with anybody listening right now who thinks what Whoopi Goldberg said is feasible. Okay, if you come for people's guns, there's an actual civil war. There's an actual violent civil war. The whole point of the Second Amendment. This is not me calling for one. This is not some Fox News radical saying, get out there. You know, this is you've got to get mad. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you the Second Amendment exists so people can have the right 
to bear arms against a tyrannical government that turns against them. If the government starts showing up for people's guns, by definition, there is not a bigger Second Amendment moment than that because people are now in their homes defending the very freedom our soldiers fought for. Freedom! Doesn't end good for anybody. So Whoopi Goldberg is an idiot, okay? Everybody listening on the view, the idiots, these are dumb people. But these dumb people have platforms, and we're living in an era where people's emotions are their facts. So if you give people something to emotionally react to and it's powerful, it doesn't need to be informed in any type of reason whatsoever. People applaud it and adopt it as their own belief. We have a lot of people walking around right now that think the guns are somehow shooting off themselves, thinking that if you make something illegal, the criminals can't get them. Okay, understand. We have 107,000 drug overdoses last year in this country. Those were all illegal drugs. But people were able to get them despite them being as illegal as they are. Millions of people took illegal drugs last year. Okay, and it's no different with guns. I understand, yeah, you want to make it harder for the wackos, but we need to focus on the wackos. Because right now all you're doing when you're talking about more laws and restrictions is you're penalizing the law-abiding citizen. Okay, that's what you're doing in an effort to get at the guy who's never going to respect any law you pass whatsoever. So I don't sit here indifferent to the suffering as someone who says guns aren't the answer. I sit here as a realist telling you that ain't going to get it done. So rather than slandering people who disagree, oh, we're coming for your guns. No, you're not. Would you shut up? I know the applause felt good, whoopee. Woo, way to go. But you didn't actually offer a tangible solution. What we're doing here on the phone as we're trying to get to some tangible solutions. 888-788-9910. Stevens down in Durham, North Carolina. Yo, Steve. Yes, Jimmy. You know, uh, I always go to North Carolina first in the phone bank because I'm fat and I love barbecue. So don't feel special. Well, it's just your location. thank you very much. I do enjoy the barbecue here very it's much. so good. But I don't understand because I'm 60 years old. Mm-hmm. And when I went to school, Franklin School in Saddlebrook, New Jersey, oh, wow. you had to go. The doors had to be opened by a kid for people to go in and out, you know, when class was over. But... In the during session, you had to go to the front office and ring the buzzer mm-hmm. and talk to the people in the office and tell them why you want to come in. Yeah. We definitely need more school security. I mean, it's it's sad. But, like, when I was talking to Bill Barr yesterday. Oh, as far as school security goes, uh, the people at school, all the parents would come there. You know, we had the hall monitors, the women who would watch us when we played. And so there's, like, a ton of People whose kids went to school there came to watch. Yes. Well, it's this, this is the frustration, I think, right now is, you know. Well, the, I don't see why it changed because my son went to the school that I'm talking about after me, uh-huh. which made some teachers quit. But that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> hey, don't I mean, feel literally, bad. The what? teacher Van Helsing, Van Hughes, Van Hees, something like that, he went to talk radio after. Oh, but uh, as soon as he said, who's your father to my son? He just left the classroom. My son's wife. Didn't even want to mess with him. Why did guy leave that? I said, I don't know. <laughs> didn't, didn't even want to mess with him. Well, yeah, no. T- Lincoln, they, they didn't Le- want to go through it again. No, I get, listen, they don't want to rematch. They, they don't want to rematch. I get it. But you know what? No, listen, you make a good point in that. We do need to secure schools. It's just the reality of the time we're living in. It sucks. It sucks that, that it's that way. 
Uh, but if we have the resources to spend $40 billion in Ukraine, I'd like to think we could spend the 400000 a year it would take to secure these schools. So I, I think what you're saying is popular. Um, and, and I think a lot of people would agree with you that at this point, you know, we don't want our kids living in a fortress, you know, in terms of school. But if they're going to be attacked like a fortress, you know, we'd like some of the fortress benefits exactly. of defense. So it's better for them to survive. So, so Stephen, good call. I think you did the Saddlebrook. Uh, I think the Saddlebrook School District proud. We had low expectations the when we School District is still there. The oh, we know. School is still there. It was built in the fifties. There was a bomb shelter in the basement full of a government cheese, which they gave out in the eighties <laughs> to people. <laughs> that's crazy stuff. They well, have to get rid of it. <laughs> oh, I know. That's the thing. You got to move some product. Well, listen. Thank you for the history lesson. And seriously, great call. Check it anytime, my man. Have a great day. Eight 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 seven eight eight nine nine one zero. Jeff is in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yo, Jeff. Hey, Jimmy. My man. Good to hear you today, and I got to say, you never cease to impress me with the common sense wisdom that's rolling out of your mouth. Well, hey, th- um, thanks, buddy. I just want to say one thing really quick. Guys like you and me, we're never supposed to feel as smart as we do, but the rest of society got so much dumber. Like, I consider you and me middle-of-the-road intelligence, but society has lowered the bar so much that mid-level intelligence is like valedictorian stuff. I can get on board with that. There you go. Um, my my point was um, the founding fathers of this nation wrote the Constitution, and they said it was a document to govern a moral people. Mm-hmm. And the basis for the morality of that document was our Judeo-Christian belief system. Mm-hmm. And we have become an immoral society. That's the problem in a nutshell. Everything that you're talking about is accurate, but they're just symptoms of the greater problem, which is we have lost our moral compass because we've deviated from the foundation of this country. And as unpopular as it may be, Jesus is the only hope for this nation, period. It's it's crazy, but, you know, to, to people who don't get the value of religion in our society, it's hard for us to explain to them how it offered people. It's I, I call it an alignment. You know when the car has an alignment so it stays on the road? You know, the fundamentals of this country were designed to keep the car on the road. And as we're erasing those fundamentals, you don't have to be a religious person to realize that the wheels are coming off the vehicle. You know, again, these guns have been in our society forever. These types of shootings have not. And there's definitely societal change. Where else do you get your moral foundation from? If if not, you know, our Judeo-Christian faith, what what other source, source offers? the fundamental stable beliefs that that allows you to build a moral society Listen, I, there's no other source no there's not there's, there's not a lot right now in this moment because the school itself is also in an effort to placate a lot of you know like woke left initiatives is even abandoning like love of country like the thing i would seriously i would compare religion uh, to patriotism in a sense, that you belong to something bigger than yourself, that, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. We're not living in that world anymore. We're now living no. in the world of give me something. The country owes me something. It was racist 200 years ago, so I want something free now. And, I, and I'm telling you, you know, we have absolutely lost our way. And I don't think the current guy driving the car is going to get us back on the road. He seems no. to be he seems to be falling asleep and hitting the rumble strips a lot. Uh, so hopefully, Jeff, hopefully we can pull over and, and do a fire drill and get a new driver in there soon. OK, buddy? Well, real quick, yep. um, your, your comment about selflessness is an absolute uh, that, you know, statement of your wisdom that you continue to spew out because the bottom line is selflessness is a source of strength. 
Thank you. No, very honestly, very, very well, very well said, man. I, I do mean it, and I appreciate you sharing and co-signing some of my wisdom. Most of what I've learned is either in a taxi or at a blackjack table, where I was losing zillions of dollars. So I'm glad it's kind of finally paying off for us, Jeff. So thank you for being a part of it, my man. There he goes. Eight 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 seven eight eight nine nine one zero. We'll get to more of your calls after this. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's like it's a it's a game changer. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Some of you cinephiles in the audience will recognize Rags to Riches as a song from the great, one of the best movies ever made, Martin Scorsese classic Goodfellas. We are, of course, invoking Goodfellas, not in a moment of jest, but to announce to the world that Ray Liotta, superstar lead actor in the film, has left us far too soon at the age of 69. Uh, That's a big loss, not only for the cinema community, for the movie community, but for the world. I mean, Goodfellas is iconic. Like, you literally, I could tell you this is a cab driver. Do you know how many times you drive it in your taxi and someone from the other side of the world could make small talk based on references in that movie? You know, like, you, I could tell a pastor, like, yeah, you're a funny guy. They'd be like, funny how? What am I, a clown? What do I amuse you? That was, it was everybody. You know, I can't tell you how many times there's been a reference here in the, where I work with some random, you know, person at Fox. Oh, you know, I... There's a great Paul Servino line when he gets uh, his first run-in with the law, and Paul Servino goes, oh, you broke your cherry. You know, that'll come up sometimes when you do something stupid, like something dumb happens to you. Like, oh, I spilled coffee on myself on the air. Oh, you broke your – you know, that'll come up. That's, there's so many references, so many iconic <laughs> moments from that film that, you know, if you're a guy like Ray Liotta – uh, you might have died uh, on this earth at the age of 69, but you will, in fact, live forever. I mean, because that is an all-time classic, and I've just been told he was 67. you gotta get the ca- You got to get the count right in the mafia. I get my legs broken. You know, I mean, we're going to talk Goodfellas parlance. We're going to have a real problem on my hands. Now we're getting into Bronx Tale territory. Put him in the bathroom, you know. <laughs> get him out of here. Get him out. So RIP to the late, great Ray Liotta. Uh, Right now we're talking about, uh, in addition to Ray Liotta, the death of shame, where nobody in the media seems to know actual shame anymore. We've got a lot of calls to get through. If you're on hold, I am getting to you, okay? It's a you and me day, uh, but I need to work this clip in really quick uh, because we're coming up against a break. Here is Joe Scarborough explaining the right's take on mass shootings. Clip 16. It's always a semantics game. It's always whack-a-mole. It's always bully. They always play the game so they never have to talk about the children who are murdered, about all the deaths, one mass shooting after another mass shooting after another mass shooting. They always try to move you along with word games, try to push, try to redefine things in a way that never holds them accountable, that makes it sound like you're going after somebody's handgun or shotgun when that's the last thing anybody's doing. Shut up! Will you shut up? Never mind that I just played you a clip of Whippet Goldberg saying we're literally coming to get your guns. Never mind that there's a guy, Beto O'Rourke, 
That pandering jackass. What a loser. Who interrupted a press conference yesterday who flat out once said, I'm coming for your AR-15. They have said these things. But the bigger discussion to be had is not, you know, Joe Scarborough lying. It's pretty common at this point. It's a pretty common refrain. It's the fact that they're trying to characterize conservatives as the problem because it's good for them politically. They're not actually motivated in stopping this sort of thing. Okay, if they were, we'd be having an honest conversation about gun violence every single day, not just when it's politically expedient. Okay, but we don't have that conversation about black on black crime or inner city violence, something Greg Abbott brought up yesterday. And Lori Abbott was like, oh, Lori Lightfoot. Oh, hell no. Don't worry about my city. Try to help. We're trying to help. We're trying to focus on the people doing this because that's the problem. There's a lot more guns then there are people using them this way, thank God. But the number of people using them this way is ticking up because there is something changing in our society. And if every time we have a reaction to one of these killings is to blame the people who didn't do it, it takes the onus further and further away from the individual. We do need to be focusing on the individual young men who are doing this. And nobody has any appetite to do so because here's a newsflash. Investing in mental health doesn't boost their poll numbers. Okay, looking at the net effects that all of these prescription drugs are having on young kids doesn't help anybody's poll numbers. Okay, figuring out if too much screen time is turning us into sociopaths doesn't help anybody's poll numbers. Never mind that they don't want to, you know, discourage use in social media because that's where they're getting their ratings from. So this whole idea that every time there's a mass shooting, the solution is to say anyone who doesn't do it and doesn't vote the way I am is human garbage and doesn't care about children is the exact reason why none of us are actually getting anything done. Democrats are so full of crap. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we do every day from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up in this hour. Because Martha McCallum is coming by, host of the story with Martha McCallum, to have an adult conversation about all the issues facing this country. Most pressing in this moment is, of course, the tragedy in Uvalde, where we're very much trying to be the adults in the room and separate fact from emotionalist fiction, because there's a lot of it being spread on the left. But we will continue in this hour to focus on the facts. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. Well, I got a lot of backup. Uh, 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of the conversation, the rule has not changed. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a <laughs> That is it. I'm on Guffell tonight. It's an 11 o'clock show. Myself, Greg, Kat Timph will be there. Tyrus will be there. Morgan Ortagas will be in the house. And uh, I promote it because I know you guys need an escape right now. The world is on fire. It is a mess. Uh, we're doing a comedy show tonight. Okay, we owe it to all the grieving people out there to provide an escape, to provide an outlet to those of you who cope by laughing. I'm not saying we're going to mock the tragedy or any of these world events, but we're certainly going to give you an outlet where you don't have to watch another hour of sadness because it's a really hard week, man. And the people out there trying to leverage this tragedy for political gain are just flat out awful. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. We're not going to be that thing. 
Okay, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to focus on solutions. So 888-788-9910. Scott is batting leadoff in Tyler, Texas. Yo, Scott. Yes, sir, Jimmy. My man. I have to take you to task on something you said yesterday after our, the, in the third hour there. with uh, You had a caller, and you mm-hmm. all suggest, were making suggestions about the age limit for people who get these weapons. Okay. And if that's where you left it, I agreed. The 18-year-olds of today are nowhere near as mature as 18-year-olds from 20, 30 years ago. They don't need them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised they don't make a mean look at themselves in a mirror and start crying. <laughs> uh, but then y'all went to uh, talking about that if you want to buy a gun, you have to take a class, and you have to have an evaluation on whether you're mentally ill so we can weed out these people. Mm-hmm. My question is this. Are you suggesting that the same people who classify Trump voters as white supremacists mm-hmm. and parents as domestic terrorists, are those the people who are going to judge who gets guns? I know that's the concern. I mean, listen, you, you make a good point. That's why I don't think this is actually going anywhere is because it's back to the whole disinformation board. Who decides what's disinformation? And the sad reality is, you you know this and I know this, and I feel like a lot of people don't understand how many guns are in our society. In, in a society where there are more guns than people, sadly, we can't stop people who want guns from getting them. Um, so what I do think, if it made everybody feel better and we had compromise, I would be fine with 18-year-olds being subjected to additional scrutiny. I would. I don't think it's going to solve the problem, but I think it's an opportunity for both parties to say, hey, we actually did something. I, again, I don't think it's the fix. I don't think you believe it's the fix either. Um, but, but aside from that, like, what would you propose really quick? Do you agree with Attorney General Bill Barr who said to secure the schools? I do. And, the, you know, there are a lot of people out there suggesting that uh, – Apparently they're they're uh, talking about our abortion law that needs to be like that with guns mm-hmm. that uh, be able to sue gun manufacturers. It's crazy. I think I think that uh, we get to vote on them and they use taxpayer dollars and it's their responsibility to secure these schools. Mm-hmm. I think we should be at least able to sue the dissenting votes on school boards who prevent this stuff. The stuff that needs to be done, such as one entrances, police officers, teachers with guns, whatever it takes to stop this. Yeah. If they vote no on this stuff and this happens in their school district, we should be able to at least be able to sue them, if not charge them with manslaughter. I don't think it's completely unreasonable because they had an impact. Whereas when you're suing the gun manufacturer, the gun manufacturer didn't actually do anything. And that's my biggest frustration is we're taking so much responsibility away from the individual that I think you get it. The thing with arming the teachers really quick is teachers really didn't sign up for that gig. And, you know, I, I get that there are some teachers that would be capable, but that that isn't the job in my eyes. That's but a, but I'd like to see armed security. Thing. But if they spent yeah. if they spent the money on that instead of critical race theory oh, and good. trying to get our young boys to turn into girls <laughs> and fighting so hard to keep the I mean look at what the school board did in Virginia yeah. when the ki- the girl got raped by the transistor tra- yeah. transgender kid in the bathroom yep. that's their fault this stuff is happening they have the power to stop it and we give them money to do so but they're using that money and stuff that we don't want them to spend it on it's their responsibility so does that mean you're not going to come to Disney World with me and ride Snow White in the 7 7- Genders? 
Not if you put an AR to my head. <laughs> oh, no. Scott, you're the best. All right. Well, I'll make alternative plans for our next weekend getaway. Okay, buddy? All right. Great call, brother. I'll see you soon. 888-788-9910. Charlie has been patiently on hold up in Canada. He's too nice to complain. He's a Canadian. Yo, Charlie. Hey, hey Jimmy. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. You know, we're just we're trying to find solutions. Uh, you know, you're a Canadian. You're you're north of the border. You're looking down at us. What do you see? Well, I'll tell you what I see. I, I'm going to pick up on what you said a few uh, a few um, a little bit back. You you talked about two very important words. You mentioned two words. You said individual responsibilities. Listen, I'm not going to start. I'm an older guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to start taking pot shots at. Uh, you know, the younger generation, social media, but I do have something I want to say, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get too granular, mm-hmm. but from what I understand, and I haven't followed the tragedy that closely, but I can tell you there are a lot of very heartbroken people up here. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're like your blood brothers, you know? Yeah. We're joined at the hip, mm-hmm. but this is so sad. I have to say this. Social media, and, and, and listen, I hope I make a lot of people feel uncomfortable here, mm-hmm. but if this guy, if this wacko, is telegraphing his intentions to the world. Sorry, I'm very, I'm very emotional yeah, here. I get it. Hold it together. This guy's telegraphing what he wants to do to kill all these kids. And there was enough time for the people on social media to pick up a bloody telephone, call their local sheriff, and say, and you know, this could have been up in Vermont, where I am yeah. close to Vermont here. Mm-hmm. I go down to Burlington all the time. Oh, there you go. I'll be Why there June 17th. Why couldn't pick up the phone uh-huh. in Laredo, Texas, uh-huh. in, uh, in, in somewhere up in the northwest, where I used to go all the time to Vancouver, Vancouver, yeah, yeah. Washington? Mm-hmm. Why didn't someone pick up the phone, a good old telephone, yeah, old-style telephone, a landline telephone, mm-hmm. call the sheriff. They'll get onto their network and call people down in this little place in Texas. And you know what? There is a possibility. There is a possibility they could have averted this catastrophe because mm-hmm. the time in between the fellow, you know, did yeah. his grandmother in. I don't know if she's still alive. God bless her. Yeah. To the time that this guy actually said on social media, Jimmy, yeah, he said he was going it. to an elementary school. I know. No, it's terrible. You know, the rea- the sad reality is you, you want this to be proactively stopped. And I agree with so, you that the, you wish people could have acted sooner. The I just social wanna, media, yeah. I have to say this, in social media, what I'm trying to say is there has to be an alert. You know, we have Amber Alerts across North America. Mm-hmm. There has to be a concerned citizenry. The well, citizens of the world. I, it's I, I your obligation. Yeah. It's not an obligation to turn in your neighbor. It's an obligation to turn in your whack the wackos who say, "Hey, you're going to wait, Jimmy. You're going to wait for someone to say I'm coming to your house to kill you." Yeah, you know, uh, no, no, you're right. I just want to, I just want to say this. I, I get with that frustration. I think what I'm trying to figure out here is, you know, we, we'd like this to have been stopped. We all feel the same way, and it's a, it's a really helpless feeling. I'm trying to figure out. You know, on a bigger level is, you know, how do we stop society from shaping these types of people? Because they're going to continue to exist regardless of what we do with the laws. We just saw a guy run over 42 people at a parade. And how do we, you know, protect these schools on the days where nobody does pick up that phone, like you said, where nobody does give off an alert uh, and it falls through the cracks? That's the frustration. So, Charlie, I think it's a brilliant call and uh, I thank you for sharing it with us. But I think I, I think what I'm after here is, you know, these people are going to slip through the cracks. It's unfortunate. You know, just like guns. You can ban guns. There's 400 million of them on the street. It's unfortunate. They're going to get them. They're out there.
And we cannot we cannot penalize the law abiding citizen to placate, you know, the deal with the fringe. That's not how it works because it puts the good guys at the disadvantage. That's the problem right now. The good guys are at a disadvantage. One of the ways we can help the good guys, one of the ways we can help the kids is we can start churning out less bad guys. So what we're asking for here. Is, is a way to figure out, you know, why are we not throwing money behind the common threads in all of these shootings? I said yesterday, they all come from broken homes. You know, they all have a, you know, lack of a good, for, you know, paternal presence in their lives. You know, they are all people who have some strand of mental illness. But is it more than that? Are they all on a certain prescription? You know, are they all on a certain site? Are they all doing... Are they all doing a certain thing? Why are we not throwing the money at the problem? You know, you can tell us this is the most precious resource in the world and anybody who doesn't agree with you politically has blood on their hands. But if you're doing that in the same week, you just spent 40 billion to Ukraine instead of focusing on what went on here. Understand that Ukrainian money. And again, God love them. I wish them the best. But that Ukrainian money was spent after we just had a mass shooting up in Buffalo and we didn't throw the resources into into studying that mass shooting. And what I'm sadly I'm so frustrated by as a guy who's on the front line of politics every day is I can tell you most of these people would rather run on this problem than solve it. They would rather fundraise off of this problem and solve it as as emotional as they look, as, as you know, adamant and furious as they get on the House floor. Most of them are out there just trying to raise money, trying to raise poll numbers. And it's sad. OK, but it's a lot of what we're dealing with right now, which is why I'm asking you guys for solutions. Max is in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, Nevada. I don't get it wrong. I get a lot of trouble for that, Max. You got to you got to pronounce it your way or they'll throw me in the desert. We'll, we'll let you pronounce it any way you want. I've got three simple points, Let's and I'll it. let you pick up. The first one is we need to look at who decided to defund the police, and that included police officers in schools, which yep. might have prevented some of this. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, how many children who we're not talking about have been killed by illegals this year? And secondly, how many children have been killed today and yesterday by the illicit drugs that are pouring into this country, the politicians, the news media could care less. There's no point gain in that for them. No, you're 100% right. This is not to minimalize the Uh tragedy of these children, but thousands of children who nobody wants to talk about are dying every day. You know, you're spot on, man. And the frustration there is when there's a double standard, as you know, there's no standard. If we're really going to care about this issue, we do have to prioritize, you know, the kids being killed in inner cities every day. You know, you do have to prioritize the kids being killed by drugs. Um, and, And we're not having the conversation. And what happens is because one party only focuses on, as you said, the politically viable deaths, it makes an honest, constructive dialogue impossible. So, you know, people like you who get it, I mean, you're helping society, but we need more elected officials who get it because the the left is a fraud. You know, poor Leo Terrell, who's great on the show, like really did lose his mind yesterday on the air because he sees through the charade. He was a lifelong Democrat and a, a civil rights attorney that woke up two years ago and was like, hey, wait a minute. They're really just getting rich. They're getting elected off of the plight of black child suffering. And they're not doing anything to help the problem, but saying that the Republicans are racist. 
So the fact that you get it is helpful. You know, I'm supposed to be back out in Carson uh, late this fall or early, uh, late this summer or early this fall. Are you going to hang out if we're at the Nugget? Oh, Max, that's a big deal. You guys got to go easy on me, though, because last time, last time got a little rowdy. Like the first Friday night was an easy night for me. Saturday night, I, w- I was lucky to make my flight. That was a bit of a hazing ritual. I'm not going to lie. But, Max, seriously, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Let's do it again soon, brother. Uh, 888-788-9910. We got Martha McCallum coming up. We'll get to more of your calls next. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Getting ready to talk to the great Martha McCallum, but her opening act... So you know I keep my campaign promises. Yesterday we had a caller at the end of the show, a brilliant woman who hails from the city of San Diego, who I, I took her call just to tell her I couldn't take her call. That's the kind of host I am and promised some airtime today. So without further ado, Karen has returned to the show. Hey, girl. Hi, Jimmy. See, I, hey. keep, I keep my campaign promises. I'm not a radio <laughs> deadbeat dad. <laughs> you do. God bless you. There you go. <laughs> So, and your listeners. Well, thanks. Everybody's, you know, we are, honestly, Karen, I, I want to say this. We are the coolest crowd anywhere in media, like radio, period. Yeah. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about all of us. Like, at every one of my events yeah. and every time we go to the phones, you'll notice we don't have, like, any, like, knuckleheads. Everybody's kind of cool. No, everybody's, you know, got a great opinion on things and is passionate. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Well, thank you. I love that because that, that's how we come together as a nation. We are. It's and, scary, but we're the adults of being in the room. Divided yes. and and hateful. This is the stuff we got to stop listening to. A hundred percent. I know, agree. It is. It you is. Know, I live again, in a diverse community, so so you I, get I, it. I love my neighbors. So, yeah, totally. So, well, what you were saying yesterday, okay, mm-hmm. is that essentially we're in a position where it's become more of a societal issue than a gun issue. Is that what you is your takeaway? Yeah. Is exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, I feel like the resource, like we put so much energy into blaming the other guy. But if we mm-hmm. really could put the energy and the resources into studying this, isn't it weird that we don't actually study this knowing it's the scourge that it is? Well, you know, I looked it up online when all these school shootings kind of appeared, mm-hmm. you know, and it goes back to the 1700s. It's mind blowing, whether it be specifically a a gunman or a person that is mentally unstable or they have some emotional issues. Mm -hmm. It's happened for hundreds of years. This isn't something unusual. Um, I specifically remember in the 1970s, you know, I'm 56 years old, but I remember these as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, They had the gunman at the university who was an employee there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a young girl that was 16 that walked into an elementary school. Yep. Um, the song uh, I Hate Mondays was made mm-hmm. by a punk group back then. Yeah. So this isn't something new. What has come to the point is that in a, as a nation of people, um, we are letting social media and, and handheld games and gaming and everything else to raise our kids. Yeah. You know, and, and a little bit of that is fine. But why isn't we're not seeing the red flags? Mm-hmm. Why are we not seeing the school saw them and some of these students and tried to get them the help that they needed, the counseling mm-hmm. they needed? But the parents just kind of like, you know, are embarrassed. 
Yeah. They're embarrassed or they're disengaged. Um, well, that's yeah, part of the problem. Homes. I want to just piggyback off something you said. One of the issues mm-hmm. we have now with social media that no one discusses is because social media is all about making your life look way better than it is. Yeah, people, <laughs> because Yeah, because we're stuck in a never-ending branding exercise, people don't want to find fault in their lives any more than they already have. They don't want to say, my kid has a problem. They don't want to say, hey, I'm doing a bad job of raising my kid. So it's easier uh-huh. to look the other way. And we have a society that looks the other way because it's just convenient. And then we've got this other component that just doesn't want the negative branding, and we wind up where we are. So we do need – we need more societal accountability. We have 30 seconds before we go to break, so I have to give it back to you. Take it away. Well, I'm a single parent. I Mm -hmm. was a single parent for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to put in – I'm not embarrassed. Yeah, of course you shouldn't be. It's very difficult job juggling those things. The the only thing you should be embarrassed about, Karen, is listening to this show. But I kid. (laughs) You're the greatest. Commercial break. See you soon, girlfriend. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the house band sounds excited right now by the way they're playing, it's because they are. You've heard me say this before. Remember the old sitcom, Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, everybody loves this next guest. If you work at Fox News, if you watch Fox News, if you don't watch Fox News, everybody loves Martha McCallum, and she joins us now to class up the program. Hello, Martha. <laughs> I'll do my best. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm better now. You're always good for morale, as you know. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a very fast favor out of the gate. Can you work with me here? Okay. Of course. I, I, it's such a heavy news cycle right now, as you would imagine. Uh, we're taking thousands of phone calls, very passionate callers. I need some escapism. Would you allow me? I want to talk about your Fox Nation special really quick off the top. It's called The Secret History of World War II. I know it's available this Monday, May the 30th. Can you just indulge me for two minutes so I don't have to be in a political fight? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for uh, mentioning it. You know, I've always been passionate about studying the history of World War II. Mm-hmm. I wrote a book called Unknown Valor about the Pacific Theater, mm-hmm. looking at the Pearl Harbor through Iwo Jima chapter. Mm-hmm. And we've been working on a, this wonderful series mm-hmm. uh, called The Secret Histories of World War II. And it really breaks down a number of stories and tells stories that a lot of people are not aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's three that we have been working on. One is called The Ghost Army. Uh, it's a about an inflatable uh, division, essentially. (laughs) And it really was um, sort of a psychological operation to create fake forces with Uh inflatable tanks and uh, noise machines that emulated the sounds of lots of troops to kind of throw the Germans off as a decoy. And, you know, I mean, in the history of warfare, decoys have been used for since the beginning of of war. Mm -hmm. Um, They became a bit more sophisticated in World War II, and it was a successful mission. Uh, that was on the backs of a, a number of, of you know little known individuals like George Dramus from Ashtabula, Ohio. So um, Ghost Army is a really fascinating story uh, that I think a lot of people haven't heard. And the other is about the attack on the Panay, um, which was a, a, an attack on a U.S. naval ship prior to Pearl Harbor that I think a lot of people aren't familiar with either. And that's really an, an incredible story that comes on the heels of of the Japanese Imperial Army's invasion of China mm-hmm. uh, and in the wake of the rape of Nanking, which was one of the most brutal uh, Japanese invasions in China. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happened there is, is an, an epic and horrible story, but this is an interesting sort of side story to it. Mm-hmm. And then there's Codebreakers, uh, which is what it sounds like. It's a, one of the first generations of cryptologists who you know, did their work from an intelligence 
center called mm-hmm. Station Hypo in a basement. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, some super smart men named Joseph Rochefort and uh, his partner there were just they did incredible work to uncover some of the U-boat movements um, and really, you know, it could be argued change the tide of the war. So wow. they're fascinating stories, and I think everybody will really enjoy learning more about them. Oh, no question. And they get some bonus Martha time. Uh, it's the secret history of there World War go. II. It's available Monday, May the 30th on Fox Nation. What I would suggest to these viewers is they watch your Fox Nation special first, and then I'm on, I'm on the 5 on Memorial Day doing a special viewer uh, viewer mail episode of the show. So you could almost be my opening That's act, or, or do I have to be yours? Like, where's your ego on this one? I'm happy to be your opening act, Jimmy. Oh, that's going right on the resume. We just clipped the audio. It is, <laughs> it is already – I already sent it down the hall, McCallum. It's Absolutely. gone now. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, Martha McCallum's on the line. If you're just joining us, and, yes, her new special is called Secret History of World War II. It is available Monday, May the 30th on Fox Nation. But uh, World War Three is breaking out on social media right now uh, while you're covering World War Two. It's really been an ugly week. Uh, in media. And I'm what I'm so disappointed in, and I'm sure you share some of this disappointment, I would imagine, is just the people trying to leverage this suffering right now for their own political gain. Like, I can't imagine when you get off the phone with me, you're cutting a political check to Beto O'Rourke, are you? Yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, shocking moment yesterday. We mm-hmm. were watching that live and I was talking to my producer and I said, this, this is, um, you know, when he, when first, when he went into the room, nobody knew who it was. Like, yeah. Oh, there's a, you know, there's a heckler in the room. Somebody's creating a disturbance. This kind of thing we see a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, that's Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> and you know, he, it's a gamble, right. Yeah. For him. Uh, he's hoping that it will generate some interest, some publicity, no doubt for mm-hmm. his governor's campaign against governor Abbott. Um, I think it's a sad way to approach something like that. I really do. Uh, And I think it will probably backfire for him. But, you know, he he also got a lot of praise for it Mm -hmm. um, on some of the other networks for, you know, busting in there and sort of taking his stand. So we'll see how that works out for him. Uh, He's had a couple of unsuccessful runs, one at the presidency, one at Senate. And now he's going to try for governor of Texas and we'll see what happens. (laughs) The hat trick. It is amazing. He's the Buffalo. He's the Buffalo Bills of politics. You know, they'd lose the Super Bowl three years in a row. I know. I don't mean it. I know that came oh. home. I know. It was tough. Uh, <laughs> do, do you wish on some level, this is a question I had about this, because I really don't want to get into a political food fight. I just wanted to take on Beto. But I, I, I wish and, and I'd like to think we could all agree to pool our resources and maybe study what is going on. You know, I know there's, you know, people are very passionate about guns in one direction or the other, but there have to be common threads amongst the guys that are doing this stuff. And there has to be a role being played by, I don't know if it's society or medication or social media or anything in between. Don't you think it would be so much more constructive to start with attacking, you know, some type of study as opposed to just alienating whatever side of the country doesn't agree with us? Yeah, and you know what makes me think about that is, you know, just sadly, two weeks ago, um, during the event that happened in Buffalo at Tops, when all of those individuals lost their lives, it was it became all about you know the time that this person had spent looking at and commenting on white supremacist websites and um, you know on social media, right? Mm-hmm. And then it becomes so, – so now this time around, it's like, what is it? You know, and when you look at the common threads, in fact, Maureen Callahan 
wrote a really interesting piece on this. She's going to be on my show this afternoon mm-hmm. in the New York Post. And, and the common thread really isn't what ethnic group they belong to or what crazy stuff they look at online. The mm-hmm. fact is that the common thread is that there is a, a, a brand of angry, young American man who mm-hmm. is capable of carrying out these kinds of heinous, heinous attacks. And I think that you can't deny the fact that this seems to happen here mm-hmm. way more than it happens in other places. Sure. It's something we need to be honest about mm-hmm. and talk about as a country. We have lost these young men, and they are a symbol, I think, of something that is very, very broken in our culture and in our country. And I think you can point to a number of things. You can point to family. You can point to the the lack of cohesion in communities. Um, We need to be better at, I think, also between the pandemic and, and, you know, having our face in our phones all the time, we've become so insular that we don't just look up and go, you know what? Something's not right there over there. Yeah. Right? Maybe we ought to get together as a community and figure out what's going on with that young man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's I also think that there's you know, in terms of the mental health issues, a lot of families who maybe don't have the means or the wherewithal or whatever it is, uh, to, to seek out help for their child. Or in some cases, and I think about uh the reports back during uh, Sandy Hook, Adam Lanza's mom had looked into basically getting him committed to a to an a institution, yeah. um, and it didn't it didn't happen. It couldn't happen. She couldn't make it happen. Mm-hmm. And there does need to be a place in society for places like that for people yeah. who can't safely live in society. Now that that's a very high bar, mm-hmm. but there are people who who are not safe in society and need somebody to watch after them and, and look after them. Um, so we, I, I think that one of the things that's different this time, and I hate even saying that because then a week later it seems to be gone, but yeah. I, I think that there's an acceptance that, that there is something deeply wrong in, in our country mm-hmm. and that really we need to wake up and look at each other and figure out who we are yeah. and how we're letting this happen. I, I think it's so spot on. Martha McCallum is on the line if you're just joining us. She's, of course, the host of the story, also known as my opening act here at Fox News. Uh, <laughs> um, let me ask you this. With your you know, your yeah. special coming out on Memorial Day, The Secret History of World War II, it's the last question you have to answer, and you've survived. Um, what? How is Martha McCallum on Memorial Day? Do you get rowdy at the barbecue? Is there another Martha we don't know about? <laughs> Neighbors call the cops. You show up to work with a face tattoo on Tuesday. How does it work? That could happen. That could happen. Um, you know what? I I love Memorial Day. I love the 4th of July. Um, I love to have a good time. I love summertime. I like a good dive bar. Whoa. And um, I like a good beer. So, yes, I think that, you know, all of those things fall into the realm of possibility, Jimmy. Anything can happen. You know what I'm saying? Whoa, like Martha McCallum, <laughs> you can run for president on dive bars and a good beer, and you're going to get a lot of votes. The only thing, I, I can't be your running mate because I won't pass the background check, but I will I will stump for you all day if that's the campaign, Martha. Um, well, thank you. Uh, I'm going to put you down, down for that. <laughs> I'll be there. I'm, uh, I'm a campaign sir. Uh, it's the secret history of World War II. It's available Monday, May the 30th on Fox Nation. Martha, of course, available on your television today at 3 p.m. on The Story. Go get them. I, I really appreciate That's your right. time today. Uh, good to be with you, Jimmy. Happy Memorial Day to everyone. And remember all of those people who gave their lives and sacrificed their lives for our freedom on Memorial Day. Go to a parade in your town if it exists. Um, I'm going to be at one with my family, and uh, I highly recommend it. And then go have a beer at a dive bar. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, save some beer for us, Martha. Have a great day. You're the best. See you, care. You too, Jimmy. Bye-bye. The greatest. There she goes, the great Martha McCallum. You know, she makes such a great point, man. I mean, Martha's brilliant all the time.
but she's especially brilliant in moments like this where the emotions are height, heightened and there's so much bile flying back and forth. The reason Fox wins, just so you understand, and I, we don't just win. I mean, when it comes to the ratings, this is a pigeon pooping on a statue. There's not much fight back from the opposition. But the reason we win is because we're real people. We actually care. Like, you don't hear Martha right there just going on the attack and slinging mud and making a constructive conversation impossible. She's talking about what's really plaguing our society and admitting that, yes, there is a problem in this country. We're not in some type of denial. We're not so patriotic that we can't find fault in our country. But I think a lot of the issues in our politics right now is that we're finding straw man fault. You know, systemic racism. We're not racist in this country. The most tolerant, inclusive society in the world. You know, uh, defund the police. No, no, no. The police are never going to be remotely close to the problem that the criminals are. But when you hear the genuine interest she has in solving this problem, and yes, being a regular person who goes to a dive bar and has a beer, that's why we're winning. You know, on other channels, every hoity-toity and pretentious and screw you little people. You're not going to know about my personal life or how I behave. Absolutely not. The reason Fox wins is because it's not our channel. It's your channel. Uh, And it'll be your show after this break. We're going to get right back to your calls in one minute. The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon getting right back to your calls. 888-788-9910. Christina batting leadoff in Pearland, Texas. We need some Texas energy. Hey, Christina. Hey, how are you? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm trying over here. Thankfully, I have a lot of good backup singers today to make it look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty difficult week. But I just wanted to say that I absolutely agree with you that it's not guns that are the problem. It's society and how bad it's gotten with the people. I am 37 years old, class of 2002, and then we didn't have active shooter drills. We had fire drills and tornado drills. Mm -hmm. Now I have to send my kids to school. My oldest is a junior. My youngest is a kindergartner. And just knowing that they have to go to school and have these active shooter drills just shows how much things have changed with people in the past 20 years. And they can't blame it on guns. Being in Texas, we love our guns. We had guns in my house growing up, but not one single time did I think about going on a mass shooting or anything like that. Yep. It's not the guns that are the problem. Mm -mm. And these people are committing crimes. They're doing illegal things with these guns. So even if the gun laws are increased, they're still going to be a problem. Yeah, that's that's the truth, because, as you know, unfortunately, the law, you know, is followed by law abiding citizens. It's not followed by criminals. Everything that kid did was illegal. It was illegal to have a gun on school grounds. You know, it's illegal for an 18 year old kid to have a gun in public. You know, there were laws in place against the act that he committed. And that's, you know, kind of the frustration. And I do think, honestly, Christina, what you said earlier is you grew up around guns. We all did. 
or the specific guns everybody's screaming and yelling about right now have been in our society for quite a long time. It's the uptick and it's the change in us that's worth, I think, studying. But I think the problem is most people, you know, they think they want to help. And I don't begrudge them wanting to help. But most people in this day and age are taught by their phone and their environment that they're the most important thing and the most intelligent thing in the universe. And because everyone lives in their own echo chamber, people on the left can't fathom that their idea to just, you know, regulate the pants off of guns, you know, isn't the answer. They can't fathom your solution, whereas we get why they have this solution, but we're looking a step further because we have the facts on our side. We're not operating from a place of emotion. Isn't it kind of crazy to think people like you and me are now the adults in the room? It's it's very sad. And, you know, my my 16 year old daughter Mm -hmm. will tell you the same thing. It's not guns that are the problem. Yeah, we have guns in our house now. Mm -hmm. She doesn't touch them. She doesn't go near them. Yeah. Because she knows. And Mm -hmm. it like her social um, Mm -hmm. social media accounts I have access to and I monitor my kids social media accounts. Just to make sure that their friends aren't saying anything. Yeah. And, of course, my kids, I know that they won't say anything because I raised them right. I am a single mom. Their their dad is not in the picture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, I think it's also can be blamed on, on the parents and yeah. the way they raise their kids. Yeah, you know, it, you definitely need a strong parental presence. Like, you have that. I can tell in talking to you that you come from that and you have that, and that's really important. I don't actually check Lincoln's social media just because that kid's posting things that'll get me fired. So I have to I have to claim ignorance, and I let Jenny check it. But the point is, we do the same thing. I just can't go anywhere near it because my son's a little nuts. Not in a bad way, in a fun way. <laughs> <laughs> you get it, but I gotta yeah. play defense. Yeah. Christina, thank Thank you for the call. Really brilliant stuff. Let's do it again soon, okay? Absolutely. Thank you. You're the best. 888-788-9910. John is in. John Day, Oregon. Yo, John. Hey, Jimmy. My man. Well, I tell you, I can't believe I'm even thinking like this kind of stuff that's going on, but I'm going to give you some ideas of what I think could help. Okay. First of all, I was raised in the 60s, and when a bully would start bullying us, we would just punch their lights out because of most of them the cowards to begin with. Yep. But today you try to hit a bully, you're suspended from school. Mm-hmm. The whole damn thing has all changed. Then the next part I think that could help is to have a mandatory draft. Mm-hmm. The minute you leave high school, I believe that's in Switzerland, you are going into the military. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, when I got out of high school, I was prison material. Mm-hmm. I went into the Army. I wasn't drafted. I just wanted to go over to Nam and kill something. So, anyways, I had no idea what the word freedom meant. But when I got back to America, you never saw my attitude that I had when I went over. It completely made a man out of me. Mm -hmm. And also in the military, you will decide right then and there who the weak ones are because they go AWOL. They can't handle the... uh, discipline and everything else they have mental ish issues all right that person goes AWOL he's all automatically not allowed to own a firearm yeah. that's as quick as simple as it can possibly be yep. take Czech, Czechoslovakia and Poland in World War II the Nazis went in and had the gun registration then they confiscated why don't we learn from history World War II 
Japan would have invaded America, the only thing that stopped them was they knew we had guns. No question. That's a great point to leave it on just because we have a commercial break coming up. And that's why the guns are going away. People don't realize it's self-defense. Biden can yell and scream about hunting, but we're not worried about getting attacked by the deer. It's the enemies out there. Great point, John. I'm glad you stopped killing stuff, though. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the history of the world, the greatest source of good the world has ever known. That's a true story. And uh, this team is not playing championship ball right now, but it's not because we lack championship talent. We will straighten out Team America in this hour with help from Representative Tony Gonzalez. He, of course resides from the 23rd Congressional District of Texas, where this horrific shooting took place in Uvalde on Tuesday. And right now we've been, you know, just motoring through phone calls, one after the other, trying to get your solutions, trying to get your takes. Because on this show, as goofy as this show can be, I say all the time, we sound like we're getting paid in Tide Pods and cheap tequila. Uh, You know, you should know that it's not cheap tequila. It's decent tequila. Uh, But the point is... We do a loose show where we take the issue seriously. We don't take ourselves seriously at all. That's the whole hook of the show. And it enables us to go to the phones and actually have constructive conversations. We don't have people screaming and yelling or get rid of these commie Democrats. And trust me, there's plenty of dumb things coming out of the Democratic Party. One of the biggest pushes right now before we get right back to the phones is this urge to politicize this, to capitalize on the emotion of the situation. But the problem I have with the Democrats really quickly is when they say the time to act is now, they don't mean the time to have a constructive dialogue is now. They mean the time to do exactly what we say is now. Bingo. And anybody who's not on board with exactly what we say is a murderer. I admire your honesty. But that's what they mean. Here's Gail King. So I play Gail King really quickly. Because yesterday on CBS, she was talking to our guest in this hour, Tony Gonzalez, and she told him it's the perfect time to be politicizing this. It's clip 12. You have voted against two gun gun reform measures. Are you rethinking that position this morning in light of what has happened? I'm happy to debate policy another time. But today we should be united. We should talk about the survivors as well as as well as the victims. Gail, to me, Gail, this is I a perfect day to talk Gail, about Gail, it. Gail, it's not a political football for me. This is home. Yeah. So think about that. This is his congressional district. And she's flat out saying to him, no, no, let's get into the policies. Even though your constituents are literally just lost 19 of their children. Do as I say. The media is a bunch of losers. And you understand people think Gail King was on the right. People think, you know, Beto was on the right. In the right. Beto is, listen, Beto's always in the right if you're running a circus. Just a straight clown, self-serving jackass, and we know that. But here is Joy Reid also jumping in and saying it's time to politicize the shooting, clip 13. Please spare me the don't politicize this deaths BS. Because these deaths, these record numbers of American slaughters are political. They are happening because of uniquely American politics. They are happening because 327 million Americans are essentially hostages to a morally and financially bankrupt gun lobby and the heartless, gutless politicians that they buy and own. That is a lie. 
I want you to understand really quick. Democrats say a lot about the gun lobby. Oh, the gun lobby. Yeah, the gun lobby in the last election year spent $2 million, $2 million in Washington, D.C. I'm not telling you it's not a lot of money. Do you know how much Big Pharma spent last year in Washington, D.C. lobbying? About $80 million. Do you know how much Big Tech spent? About 65. Okay, between them, they spent close to $150 million in lobbying. So when you talk about the gun lobby, they're not wielding the kind of power in D.C. that people like Joy Reid would have you believe they are. That these, I mean, again, they're just gaslighting the country. The reason politicians aren't moving on stripping the gun rights of law-abiding Americans is because they realize it'll end with none of them being in office, Democrats or Republicans. Okay, you got to understand, the Democrats controlled both houses of Congress under Barack Obama. Okay, they had the Sandy Hook shooting under Barack Obama. Did they do anything about it? The answer would be no. No, they yelled at Republicans, they yelled at the gun lobby, but they didn't actually do anything about it. The Democrats control both houses of Congress now. Was this a priority for them uh, up until like yesterday? The answer would be no. But why not? I mean, mass shootings were out there. Okay, but the reason they visit it now is because it's politically expedient. It's disgusting what they do. And I don't want to focus the show on that, but I want you to understand that the gun lobby doesn't have remotely close to the power they want you to believe it is. But when they say the time is to act is now, the time to politicize it is now, you need to know that that just means do what they say because they live in an emotionalist bubble where they're denied the self-awareness that makes them wonder whether or not what they're saying is right or wrong. They cannot fathom that there could ever be a world where the Democrats could be wrong. I agree with that. Okay, you could tell me you want to limit 18-year-old access to guns. Okay, but what you can't tell me, what you can't tell me, okay, is that it'll work. Because when there's 400 million guns on the streets in this country, there's more guns than people. Criminals get things that are illegal. We had 107,000 overdose deaths last year. Okay, those are all illegal drugs. 107,000 people were able to die doing illegal drugs. A million more took them and were able to live. But the point is making it illegal only makes it harder on people who follow the law. Tell it like it is. And that's the bigger issue. So when Joy Reid goes in, oh, the gutless hostage to the gun lobby. No, no, no. You know what know politicians are held hostage by? The voters. They're held hostage by the voters because the Second Amendment, okay, the Second Amendment in this country is something that has overwhelming support. People want the right to self-defense, especially against a a government that routinely tramples their freedoms. Okay, if the government can tell you you have to stay in your house, can't go to work or church, you can go to a protest, burn down a city, but you can't go to work or church. If the government will tell you that with guns, imagine what they'd tell you without guns. If the government tells you get an get in a vaccine or you're fired, okay, you get this vaccine or you're fired. We don't care about your natural immunity. We don't care that there are no long-term studies on the effects it has on your kids. We don't care that there are no long-term studies on women's reproductive health. Get this vaccine or you're fired. If a government has the balls to say that to you armed, imagine, imagine what they would say to you unarmed. Okay, so understand, most people know that. And the Second Amendment isn't going anywhere for that reason. Politicians know it, too. So they'll fundraise. They'll scapegoat. They'll gaslight. But they won't do a damn thing to limit your gun rights because ultimately the people have the power, uh, especially here on this show where we go right back to the phones. Mark is in St. Anthony, Idaho. Yo, Mark. Hey, man. Did we lose you? No, we did. Mark, if you're out there, call back. Tom is in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yo, Tom. 
Yeah. Hey, Jenny. Hey, my man. How you living? Like you, uh, good. Living good. Feel like you teed this one up for me since I was going to tie the school safety in with COVID. You know, um, I just, I'm a fan of uh, putting some guns in the schools. I think the immediate concern for me and should be probably for others is you start with thinking high school. You know, there's kids, uh, mm-hmm. kids in high school that are as big or bigger than any teacher or faculty who might be willing to carry, you know, have that gun. So that's, that's obviously a concern. Could that get wrestled away? And then you've actually brought, you know, the gun into the situation. But, you know, can we start with the most vulnerable, like the kindergartners and preschoolers? It's, you know, the whole second grade class could conspire against the teacher to get the gun and they're not going to get it. Yeah. And so, you know, Kumi, and so my, what you were talking about COVID there, I felt we all felt that way with the vaccine, right? They're yeah. comparing treating 18 year olds like they're 80 year olds. Mm-hmm. And so if we could do the same with the schools and start with the most vulnerable and agree that a gun is probably safe in the teacher's hand, a teacher who's willing to carry it or a faculty member, you know, and start with the uh, the little kids, like these kids in Texas, sounds like a lot of them were about about okay. 10 years old. Yeah. You know, the 10-year-old's not going to get the gun away from the teacher. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's an issue. The The issue, I think, is, you know, a lot of teachers didn't sign up to be armed guards. And I so you have Agreed. to we have to grant them that consideration. But I don't think yeah. there's any argument to be made about fortifying schools, bulletproof glass, you know, single door entry, things that just make it harder, you know. And yeah. if you want to put armed guards, I think we should. I mean, look at all the money we're spending to arm Ukraine. Okay, I'm not saying Ukraine doesn't matter, but we're not spending that money on our own kids. So if we can spend it on Ukraine's kids, at the very least, we should be spending the same amount of more on our kids if that's what it takes. And I I, like the uh, the 40 billion that you're talking about. I don't know. I didn't hear if that got passed. But, you know, yeah, yeah, 40 billion they were talking about for Ukraine seems like it buys a lot of security for our schools. And and to your point, you know, you're obviously asking for teachers who are willing, but mm-hmm. maybe they, uh, you know, this last incident shows that they've got they're in this game because two two teachers, you know, two adults were killed along with the along yeah. with the children. So mm-hmm. it's not it's, they're not just at this point protecting the children. They're you know, they're probably protecting themselves as well. Yeah, no, no question. Uh, real real so- sound logic here, Tom. By the way, Kalamazoo, Michigan, as you probably know, but our listeners might not, home of Derek Jeter, correct? That is correct. Look at that. That is correct. You could walk into any bar in New York and drink free uh, with that fun fact. Do you know that, Tom? I, I wouldn't try it in Queens sure. where the Mets play, but if you did it in the Bronx or Manhattan, you'd do okay for yourself. <laughs> so if you're planning a field trip, bring your Snapple fun fact, would you? There you go. You're a wealth of knowledge of all sorts. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I appreciate you. I'll see you soon. Uh, Evan is on the lawn in Ticonderoga, New York. Yo, Evan. How's it going, Jimmy? It's going, hey, you're man. You're doing some great work. I love your show. Oh, thanks, brother. Um, I'm, I'm trying over here. It's yeah. the drugs, but we're having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they need to find a way to get some more religious education for these kids. Okay, I'm just going to jump in on. I hear you. You said more religious education for kids. You sound a little muffled. I don't know if, you know, today's yeah, the day. Okay, no, it's just today's the day Ray Liotta died from Goodfellas. I want to make sure you're not in the back of a trunk right now. That's all. Just looking out for you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure you didn't tell somebody to go get the shine box or something, and now you're in the back of a trunk heading to a Jersey landfill. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, would, it would be good to have more guidance in society. You know, even like the people who say, uh, you know, get religion out of school, They don't realize that part of the purpose of religion, it's like part of the purpose of being patriotic, is to serve something bigger than yourself. 
And I think that's valuable because when a guy goes out and kills other people, he's saying my impulse is more important than their lives, than the suffering of their families. And I think we do need to get people back to a humble place where they realize they're not the most important person in the world. Yeah, I mean, you've got, you know, they open up these charter schools, and I don't see why they can't put some of that into those. And, you know, the, the religious schools that are out there now, they, they only get, you know, funding for books and buses. Yep. So, and, you know, no you, you could help out with, uh, with, with all that extra money that they send into the Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, listen, it wouldn't hurt. Uh, listen, and, 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 a, and a good call. I do hope you find the trunk release and you get out of there alive. But let's do it again soon, Evan. Be well. 888-788-9910. Is Mark actually on the phone? I didn't mean to hang up with you before, Mark. Are you there? This is Mark. Hey, man. Uh, I, I, I have a so- Anthony. No, we're good. We, uh, whatchamacallit. We have a soft spot for Idaho and the Fala family. I don't know if you know this. We were out there last summer, and Lincoln loves the movie Napoleon Dynamite, so we went to Preston, Idaho, to the high school. Oh. Pretty uh-huh. rowdy. And then we went to Big J's. We went to Big J's and ate until they wouldn't serve us tots anymore. Like, they actually came over to my family, and they were like, is everything okay? Like, you guys are disgusting. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, yeah. But I know you're not here to stage a food intervention. Let's talk about yeah. teaching. Yeah. You're an ex-teacher? Yes, I taught junior high for almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. And I have a, I've not seen anybody talk about arm the teachers. Those, they're the two people that got killed. They always take a bullet for their kids. That's the word we use with students, mm-hmm. their kids, Yeah, our kids, I mean. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they always take a well, They stand in front of the gun to protect their kids. It's like your kids at home. Mm-hmm. You're in these crazy teachers you see with the purple-green hair that are trying to teach your kids CRT and these other deviant things. Yeah. That's the administration's problem there. Yeah. They should be firing these babies left and right. But I tried to get our superintendent one time. I said, you know these little pepper blaster guns? They're pretty potent for 15 feet. Yeah. They'll shut you down. Oh, what if the kid got a hold of it? Mm-hmm. I said, well, we'll hose them off with a hose till they can breathe again. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. In, 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 in Idaho, it is illegal for the districts to arm their uh, teachers. Yeah. Well, and there are a few districts that do, but school boards, and, you know, kind of having a freak out about, oh, liability. Well, we don't care about liability. We're the teachers that take the bullet. Listen, I, 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 I get the need, the desire to want to arm teachers. I also like it's measured for me because, you know, not every teacher signed up to do that. They just wanted to be a teacher. Right. But maybe the moderation right. is the fact that, like you said, you're not moderating. You know, we're not arming them with lethal force. We're arming them with something debilitating, right. you know, a taser or a pepper gun or whatever it might be. Uh, There's a conversation. Well, and, I, and I think you, you need to. They all, they need training, obviously, yeah. and they need to be confident with their guns. That'd be a good college class because half of education classes are worthless. Yeah, I know. Instead of learning to hate America, maybe you learn to you know to protect the people, your fellow Americans. That'd be productive. Uh-huh. You know, listen, Mark. You got way too much yeah. logic for this debate, but uh, I appreciate you taking okay. the time, brother. I'll see you soon. Oh, one one more thing, real quick. Okay. Quick. If they outlawed guns, they'd outlaw you because you talk like a machine gun. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need a permit to listen to the show. You didn't know that they. Did a background check on all of you. The Fed stole your information. Good stuff, Mark. Thank you for that, brother. I'll see you out at Big J's. Quick break. Back after this. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon getting ready to speak with Representative Tony Gonzalez, who, of course, represents the 23rd Congressional District of Texas, where this horrific shooting occurred this past Tuesday. Right now, uh, the star of the show is you. We're getting back to your calls, uh, text, tweets, and carrier pigeons. Brandon is out in Wilmer, Minnesota. Yo, Brandon. How's it going, Jimmy? Uh, good, man. Uh, I actually, it's a pretty easy day because you guys are doing all the work today. I feel like I should cut you a check at the end of the day. Well, you should. I'll take it. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll Venmo you. I'm on the case. Uh, what do you think, there man? There you go. I want you to bear with me. It's going to sound cold-hearted at first, but just follow me on it. Okay. On the mental health basis of these kids who go up here and shoot up schools and stuff, mm-hmm. what if they're just bad people? And, and, you, and like, you're just not, that's not, it. Like there's not no crazy, just health, evil. No, yeah. Quit, quit. In my eyes, I feel for everything that happened. Trust me, I do. Mm-hmm. But making excuses. Oh, they grew up in a bad home. Mm-hmm. Oh, they didn't have a father. Oh, they didn't have a mother. It, we're making excuses for people who just went into a school and killed a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. What if he was just a bad dude? Yeah. We have those in, on this planet, right? Yep. Like, not everybody's good. Yep. No question. Listen, that, that, that's a reality. That's why we have to, you know, we can't legislate society in a way that only holds the good people back. You know, because it puts a guy like him who you're describing as bad at an advantage, you know, because if you take away the right, you know, to certain guns from people who will actually follow that rule, well, they're in big trouble when a guy who won't follow that rule gets his hands on one and shows up. So... I think there needs to be a bigger effort made to obviously fortify and protect schools. I mean, I'm in favor of, you know, you can run an extreme background check and and give me concealed carry everywhere in the country because people don't do this stuff if they think they're going to run into guns. You know, they do it in gun-free zones. And I think that's a bigger issue is I think, you know, if you look at the stats, man, I live in New York. In New York, Chicago, we've got the strictest gun control in the country, and we've got the most gun deaths in the country. So it can't be the law. You know, the law can't be the answer. You know what I'm saying? No. And so you can change them till you're blue in the face. It's not going to change a person that wants to do something bad. They're nope. going to do it anyway. No, you you get it, man. Uh, listen, there's a lot of common sense on the line today. It actually makes me proud as the host of the show that everybody's so intelligent. I don't try to be somber tone, but, yeah. You know. But but you're all so bright. It makes me feel like I better do some more studying. I can barely keep up with my own listeners. Good call, Brandon. Wish me luck. I got a congressman next. Representative Tony Gonzalez, right around the corner from the 23rd Congressional District of Texas. And we will get back to your calls from there on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're having an adult conversation, a big boy, big girl, big they, big them conversation about a productive path forward in the aftermath of this tragic shooting in Uvalde, Texas. And, you know, I want to say this, man, if I don't get to it by the end of the show, we'll certainly get back to your calls after the congressman. You guys are doing a phenomenal job, man. Like, really, it, it, it makes me so happy to know that our crowd is the crowd that is actually, you know, reasonable and we're not here attacking anybody, and we're actually trying to find, you know, constructive measures that might help as opposed to being like, I'm mad at the gun lobby. Click like on my post. We're not here for the likes, man. We're actually – we're here for the win, and I think it's awesome. I, th- I Honestly, our show, there's just nothing like it, man. Whenever we do these live events, we were just talking during the commercial break. We're like, wow, everybody's just so cool, and I don't doubt that there are jerks listening. I mean there's a jerk hosting the show. 
But the point is, you guys are fantastic. Uh, I really do appreciate it, man. I'm get emotional over here. Come on, man. I got to hold it together over here. You know, we're the people, the adults in the room. It's just the way this works. You know, like those Kurt Russell movies where, like, he just wakes up one day and he's just like a guy that's like a pipe fitter. And then he realizes, like, oh, I've got to, like, save the world. That's who we are. We're just the unassuming heroes who have been thrust into the, you know, moral position of trying to be adults and, and make something good happen, uh, you know, out of all of this badness that's been coming our way. Let me get back to the phones really quick. Tim is in Kensington, Kansas. We're big Tim fans. Kensington, I can go either way hey. on. Yo, Tim. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Yeah, it's under control. Everybody's doing a good job today, Tim. We have gotten, if, if phone callers are starting pitchers, we have gotten like seven innings of shutout ball today. So don't let yeah, up that three-run uh, homer now, Tim. A long relief, maybe. That's all I'm good for. <laughs> all right, we'll take it. Uh, what do you think, man? <laughs> well, I, I wanted to talk about individual responsibility, actually, because uh, guns don't kill people. Forks don't make people fat. Cell phones don't text inappropriate things by themselves. Hey, 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 on that last one, on that last one, you got to work with me here. I got a marriage I'm trying to save, but stick with me. <laughs> you know, hammers, hammers and saws don't build a house without somebody behind them. Every tool, every device has somebody behind it making a choice. Mm -hmm. No question. You know, and whether that choice is good or bad, that's individual responsibility. It's not my fault that bad things happen, and I don't see why my right should be in jeopardy because somebody did something that was horrific. Listen, it's 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 a good point, and I think that's the biggest argument you know, against taking away everyone else's rights because some jackass in the fringe did wrong. I think, you know, we're attacking the wrong people. That's, that's, that's the issue. Like, when you say personal responsibility, you're right. Okay, there's so much in the aftermath of one of these tragedies that focuses on, you know, the politicians or the gun manufacturers. But none of those people actually pulled that trigger. And that's where we need right. to be approaching society from a standpoint of how do we minimize the people that are willing to do what this maniac did? Because that's the answer. Right. I mean, you, you know, I, I grew it. up about 90 miles from Uvalde down in South Texas in Bandera, Texas. Mm -hmm. And my heart hurts yeah. uh, for that part of the country, for that, the families involved. Yep. Uh, but it, it doesn't mean that everybody is to blame. Mm hmm. You know, it, it was a it was a single person. Yep. Well, listen, you're you're being rational and sane, and that's why you'll never get a job in cable news. But thank you. Tim. <laughs> that's why you'll you'll never be elected as a Democrat and you'll never get a job at MSNBC or CNN. But on this show, Tim, you are always welcome to contribute. So we thank you. But joining us now from the 23rd Congressional District of Texas, not only a fantastic congressional representative, not only the father of six kids, but perhaps best of all, he's never heckled the governor of the state during a press conference. Representative Tony Gonzalez back on the show. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. Good to be back on the show. You know, we're always the adults in the room, and uh, I know you're going through so much in your district right now. But really quick, uh, on some level, are you not shocked at how shameless people are when it comes to leveraging this tragedy for their own political gain? Yeah, you know, what, what Beto did was was crazy. And, you know, a lot of people that, I, that I've spoken with that knew him uh, when he first get, came into Congress – they just go, he's a different guy. You know, somehow the left got a hold of him, and then he has gone down this hard left stance. And, and to do what he did yesterday, like, we don't, you know, honestly, there's enough politicians, man. I, I'm here in Uvalde. I grew up 38 miles from here. I, I don't care about any of the noise outside. I'm trying to help 
this community heal, mm-hmm. get get right again, and yep. protect us from the next thing that comes our way. And anyone that comes down here, I want, I'll welcome anybody. But anyone that comes down here, that that needs to be their focus too. Yes, and that's I think that's the frustration is you know we're watching you in real time tweet all kinds of resources to members of the community, to people that are struggling with grief, to people that are looking for answers. You're actually out there helping the people affected by this. And we applaud you for doing that. Uh, it's 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 but it's frustrating, man, because, you know, it takes, uh, I mean, a lot of self-absorption to go out there and say, no, me, but look at me, but I'm running for governor, me. So I hate it. But I don't want to you know, I don't want to devote too much of our time to it because the truth is we are trying to find solutions. And, uh, you know, one of the problems I have in this moment is I don't feel like people are engaging in a good faith dialogue. What we're basically hearing from one side of the country is get, you know, do what we say on guns or you're a murderer. And I just, I don't think that's a, a constructive way to do, get anything done. You know, agree with me or you're a murderer is generally not how people get people to attend their parties. You, you generally usually have to allow them for some input. And I think one of the things I've heard you talk about is there's a common thread to these shootings. It's mental illness. It's crazy people. It's folks from broken homes. And I feel like we just need to get better on the front end of identifying these people. No? thousand percent. And, you know, I think it's all of the above. But the front end certainly would be a a pretty damn good start. I mean, to your point, I told my team, I I just got off a call with the team again. And I go, look, our number one focus is – I don't care about the national politics. It's to take care of the people of our district. They're hurting right now. We're getting we're, our, our hearts are, are are torn out of our of our bodies, and we're just trying to heal. I give you an example. You know, the, it just happened. You know, not too long ago, uh, one of the uh, teachers that was murdered. Mm-hmm. You know, her husband has has a heart attack today, and he passes away. Oh, well, guess what? Mm-hmm. That family has four children. They're oh, now orphans. Sheesh. Like people want to talk about all this other BS that's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's lives that are ruined and destroyed, and we got to pitch in. My office is going, "Hey, how do we get childcare to them? Well, you know, what is it? What do their families need?" Mm-hmm. And they're not from Uvalde. They actually live in Del Rio, about an hour away. She would commute here to go to school. What I'm getting at is, man, there's real people that are dealing with real issues. Some people are having to bury their children. You know, some people uh, are trying to even see their children. Yeah. It's in such a, a carnage state that that that, that the the the, uh, the state doesn't want to allow them to see their child because they're going, hey, uh, look, you, the, the way you dropped off your child is not what you're going to see, and we want to wait. So what I'm getting at is, you got these people that come to my district and they they spew hate. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. Yes. Listen, man, I, I I applaud you for being the adult in the room on this because I know you're catching heat. You know, from people who want you to talk politics. I saw the Gail King clip. We played it earlier on the show. She wants, you know, they're on the left. They believe the time to talk about this is now. But it really is selfish because to what the point you just made is there is a much, much bigger fish to fry for the people that are immediately affected by this. And that's my frustration is I I just want I want to see the country get back to a place of decency, of consideration, of empathy. And and that's what we're lacking. And, And sadly, 
That's why stuff like this goes on is people. A lot of people out there believe their needs are the only needs that matter and their needs and their convenience is so important that everybody else can wait. Hey, sorry, you're burying your children today. Sorry, Representative, you're trying to hold your district together. But more importantly, you know, here at a national level, we want to have this debate. It's, it's disgusting. So honestly, don't ever not that you would, but don't ever question what you're doing right now because you are absolutely on the right Thank side of me. this. And no, we need that. I know. And it's a it's a bad place in society when I'm becoming the moral referee, and I know you know that too. No, man, I appreciate, uh, you know, you're a crazy bastard, but I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate everything that, that you do, and you keep everyone uh, kind of engaged. You know, you mentioned something earlier about mental health, mm-hmm. and I think you're spot on. You know, in Texas, you know, we've got 30, about 30 million people live in Texas. There's a thousand mental health beds. That's it, man. Yeah. And they don't exist in communities like Evaldi. You know, the day of the shooting that, two, that first off, it has a small police force mm-hmm. of about 16 folks. Mm-hmm. The day of the shooting, two of those police officers had transported a young woman from Uvalde to San Antonio because she was having mental health issues. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting at is this isn't a one off. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're living in a very dark time, a lot of evil and hatred. And, and you know what? It seeped into everything. It seeped into society. And our children, they're not growing up the way you and I grew up. Grew yeah. up. I mean, they're having to, to experience things at a different level, man. So the mental health part, I think that's where we come together and go, look, Republicans, Democrats, I don't care who you are. None, no, none of us want to see this carnage happen in our schools. And it starts by identifying early on. This, this, this shooter, I mean, he was... It, they, they were, it was so evident that he was having issues, mm-hmm. but no one – there was no place for him to go. Yeah. So uh, I think that's that's one way that, that we need to get ahead of this is, is build more beds, find more doctors, and, and make it part of a norm where we identify these, these problems early. We get ahead of them, not, not after the fact. No, I, I – listen – I'm spot on studio studio audience would applaud if we had one, but they can't get in. It's New York. They don't let anybody get together in real groups these days. But uh, we'll be, we'll be yeah. thinking about you, man. Memorial Day weekend. And uh, I know it's real somber down there, but I, I am hoping they give you at least one beer on me. OK, man. Uh, uh, deal. Deal. All right. All right, Jimmy. Thank you, man. Always a pleasure coming on. God, Thank you for covering it. Godspeed, buddy. We'll talk soon. There he goes. The great representative, Tony Gonzalez. I mean, the guy's under so much, you know, demand right now. Okay, he's trying to hold a community together. If you go follow him on Twitter and you check his feed, one tweet after another, here's where you can get help for this. Here's where you can get help for that. This is a guy, again, did you hear what he said, man? They actually, like, shook my fat face when he said it. They won't even let these parents go get the bodies of their children because of the condition they're in, man. And you've got people on the left like Beto's grandstanding in front of those same parents. Those parents were in a room with the governor, and Beto decides to do a, hey, look at me, hey, look at me, in front of a room full of people who can't even look at their kids ever again. You really think about that. You got Gail King yelling at him earlier in the day. I played you the clip. Why not talk politics now? If not now, when? Dude, you've got to realize how self-absorbed people have become. We are wed to convenience in this country. That's why people don't coexist politically anymore. It's political disagreement is inconvenient. Someone says, yeah, but now you got to spend 30 seconds debating this guy. Why not just block him from your feed? Why not never talk to him again? 
The phone gives you that right now. The phone, digital communication, it has made us less than human. And this is the first generation of kids that have grown up in an environment where you're taught to see people who don't agree, who don't want, who don't prioritize what you prioritize is less than human, not worth your time, not worth the oxygen God gave them the right to breathe. Okay, that's where we are right now. And that's why we're not supposed to be going in on politics. We're supposed to really be discussing like, why is this happening? How can we how where can we agree? Let's not focus on where we disagree. Focus on where we can agree. And if you really want to be decent about it, let's not focus on anything right now, but helping the victims, which is what he's doing. You understand? That's a great guy. He's got six kids. OK, that's a guy who's really bought into the American dream. OK, represented his country. OK, is actually investing in his community right now. It's not out there fundraising. It's not sending emails all over the country like all the Democrats right now. Ah, oh, the Republicans, they don't even want to pass gun reform in the wake of Evalde. So send me money. That, I mean, that's what's going on right now. They're fundraising off of these kids. They're trying to raise polls off of these kids. That's why Biden's yelling about the gun lobby in the right wing. It's disgusting, man. Understand what that guy is going through. I could talk to him for another 20 minutes. I love talking to Tony Gonzalez. He's fantastic. But how, you know, how much more can you ask of a guy like that who's actually on the front lines of this thing? And I'm glad you were able to get that perspective. It's not that I think you need it, but there's a lot of people out there that do. Okay, there are some real disgusting people out there right now that think their political desires, their wants, their need to shame, their need to project is more important than these poor families. And their need to grieve and their need to pick up the pieces and their need to find a reason to go on. Okay, well, you're certainly not going to find it from talking to those people because they're all disgusting. Okay, anybody out here looking to politicize this thing, you have to know that. You're disgusting. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man you can watch on the Greg Gutfeld Show tonight on Fox News at 11. I offer that up as an escape, as a respite from all the insanity in our news right now. It's been a stellar day of calls. I'm going to try to lightning round this thing. It's a bunch of you is on hold. We've only got about two and a half minutes to go. Uh, Gary Batten leadoff in Clearwater, Florida. Yo, Gary. Jimmy, I've got to tell you something. Who would have thought that a New York City cabbie, a chief sidewalk inspector, can be the voice of reason in this day and age? But you are, and you're doing a great job, and you've got to continue because we're listening and we hear you. Oh, Gary, thanks for that. Well, just so you know, it's all the wisdom that I soaked up from the passengers. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just a sponge of knowledge, you see. If I get, well, the minute I get off the air, I have no idea. They have to, like, walk me down the hall and tie my shoes and everything. But I can sit here and do this all day, and I'm glad you're a part of it. Really quick, um, I just wanted to make sure you're not actually calling because my, my producer, Mikey, didn't pay his bar tab at the dollhouse, are you? No, he paid. He actually paid the bar tab, so you, you don't have a problem there. All right, good. But uh, the next round is on you, though. Oh, Gary, all right, that's enough out of you. Good call, Gary. We'll do it again. Frank is in Jersey City, New Jersey, some of my old digs with Jenny Fahley. Yo, Frank. Hey, buddy. Did I lose you? Oh, Frank, the phone. Sorry, we're in a lightning round. We're going to go. Shane is in Salina, Kansas. We love Kansas. Yo, Shane. Hey, Jimmy. My man. The real deal. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks, brother. <laughs> I'm trying over here. Um, give me your theory in 30 seconds so I don't lose you. Okay. I was thinking about using the school desks as a shield, make them bulletproof. Gracious. They can tip them over and use them as a shield. Listen, I don't, I don't uh, begrudge you coming up with an idea and thinking of it. What I'm thinking of is like, what have we come to as a society that a smart guy like you is even forced into the position of thinking of something like that? Because I get why you're thinking it. You want to help. But what a mess it is, man. I mean, goodness gracious. I I don't know uh, that 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 you're going to get a lot of votes for that one. I think we need armed resource officers. I need we we need to secure doors. We need to secure windows. But anything in in the direction of trying, I think, is a win, Shane. So this is a good call. Take a bow. And I'm throwing you off now because we're in a lightning round really quick. Trent is out in Drig, Idaho. Yo, Trent. Yeah, I think what you and uh, the. Representative Gonzalez said are absolutely true, mm-hmm. but in the meantime, and you just mentioned it, I think part of the answer is school resource officers. We use them up here in Idaho. Mm-hmm. They're paid for partially by the school district and partially by the police department, but at least that way it kind of takes the pressure off of teachers being armed that may not want to be. Yeah, that... so I think maybe school resource officers are, a, you know, Something to look into, at least in the meantime. No, I, listen, I, I, I'm 100% on board, and I think there's so many ex-cops that work security and stuff like that, retired military that work security. I, I actually think that's the answer. So, Trent, excellent phone call. I owe you a beer next time me and Lincoln are out in Idaho. But until then, the show is over. Watch me on Gutfeld and take a bow. You guys carried the show. It was amazing. For real, for real. Game ball to you. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.